Hey y'all and welcome to another edition of the Knollcast. This is your host, Bud Elliott, and I'm here without Ingram Smith tonight because he is currently traveling over in Europe, but I think we'll manage, because uh, this is primarily a recruiting podcast, and that is what I do. So, a couple topics tonight. First, we have the uh, the last visit weekend of the year. Uh, second, we do have Florida State's first junior day for the 2020, and uh, a couple, couple maybe 2021 uh, players coming in, and uh, maybe a couple listener questions, and also some feedback on Florida State's uh, new kicker. So, Anyway, we're going to get into this. Uh, the final recruits visiting this weekend. So last weekend was Florida State's major recruiting weekend. This weekend is uh, a little bit different. Um, just a, a couple kids coming in, including one who is already committed. So the, the guy who's already committed, Travis J. I, I believe during or due to basketball, uh, he was unable to make his official visit before. He is 100% locked into Florida State. Uh, and, and absolutely good news for Florida State because he is a stud. Uh, in fact, I, I think he has the highest ceiling of any player in Florida State's class. Um, so really electric defensive back with great length out of Madison County. I mean, just he's a football player, man. You put him on offense, he leads him to a state title. You put him on defense, he's a shutdown corner or a, a real difference maker at safety. Uh, take your pick. So probably a 30-minute show or so tonight. It, it's hard to monologue an entire hour, uh, but we'll we'll see where this goes. So I'll try to move quickly through some of these. Uh, John Reese Plumley out of Southern Mississippi. He is a uh, very athletic quarterback, currently a Georgia commit. But as we, we've explained on previous episodes, Georgia did try to blue shirt him. Uh, and so he wasn't totally receptive to that. And while he's not decommitted yet, uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to end up at Georgia, in my opinion. A lot of people are kind of feeling old Miss for Plumley right now. Uh, very athletic. The throwing is is decent, uh, but but he is truly a really special athlete. Uh, also a very good baseball player and, and potentially um, a, a, a legitimate uh, Major League Baseball prospect, should we say. So uh, anyway, Florida State has high interest in him. Do they like him more than Lance uh, Lejeune? I, I don't know. Uh, to be honest, I, I think that Plumlee... I would rather have due to the, the guarantee that he's going to qualify. However, whereas with, with, with Lejean, he may not qualify the quarterback they brought in last weekend. With Plumlee, he, he might get picked in the baseball draft and, and never end up playing college football. So you do have that to consider with him as well. But Florida State will certainly take a swing and show him how he would fit into the offense. I would have to imagine that Coach Kendall Browse is going to take and and show him some clips, really, of, of what he did with Derek King at Houston. Let him run around a lot, but also helped him progress as a thrower. Uh, next on the list is Jameis Griffin. Jameis is a, or excuse me, it's Jamius, actually. Jamius. We, we, had, we had a listener email in. It's not Jameis. It's Jamius, J-A-M-I-O-U-S. Um, Georgia prospect. Really good-looking player at the running back position. Came on strong. In his senior season, was an NC State commit, ended up backing up off that. Uh, Auburn's very interested. Georgia Tech's very interested. Obviously, GT, you know, being close to home, could be the primary threat here. Coach Collins is doing a nice job for Georgia Tech in the state of Georgia, and that's good for the ACC. Maybe not quite as good for Florida State in this case, but he is going to make that visit, it looks like. So we'll see if Florida State can, can make their pitch on him. I think he's a Florida State quality player. Uh, and and to have somebody like that available this late in the game 
is always a good sign. So with Jameis, or excuse me, Jameis, rather, uh, coming in, you want you want to show him a couple things. Hey, look, look at this depth chart now. This depth chart is more appealing than it was before the season because last year, Florida State only took one running back and Anthony Grant, and now Amir Rasul has transferred out. So I think playing time is going to be important. Can he get a lot of playing time year one? Maybe not. Could he get a lot of playing time year two, year three? Absolutely. Can he also be good catching the football out of the backfield? There's no doubt. And then finally, for the visitors this weekend, we have Jay Ward. Jay Ward out of, out of Colquitt County. Obviously, Florida State's new, new kicker commitment is from there, uh, as is Kamar Bell, the offensive lineman, who visited last weekend. Jay Ward is a really nice-looking corner prospect, great length. Uh, I think he also could play safety in certain defenses, including potentially Florida State's, if that's where they wanted to use him. They already have such a nice defensive back class, uh, but as we'll talk about in a minute, you know that could be shrinking by one. Uh, Ward is being pursued by LSU, A&M, Kentucky, and Florida State. Uh, he had a great visit, to, I believe, last weekend to Kentucky. We saw a lot of crystal balls roll in on 247 for Ward, but, uh, but as far as we know, didn't give a commit or, or a, a silent commit, as, as far as I know, uh, to that staff. So Florida State will take their swing. Um, would they take Jay Ward before or or if Nick Cross is still in the class? It's an interesting question, and I, I guess we should probably touch on the Nick Cross news. Florida State did get did go in home with Nick Cross uh, earlier this week and kind of made their final pitch to a player who's been committed for, you know, to them for a long while. Um, now, Cross is going to make an unofficial visit down to Georgia, I believe Thursday night, which is tonight as I'm recording this, uh, and then he's also going to make an official visit back to Penn State on Saturday uh, and, and Sunday. So, you know, you could argue that, hey, this kid's just trying to see uh, what what you know, is his final thing at each, at each of his finalists. And uh, you know, it's weird to have finalists, I guess, when you're actually committed somewhere and you haven't decommitted. Um, I think that because Nick Cross has not decommitted yet shows me that he still does like Florida State a whole heck of a lot. Uh, I think he has family pressure, perhaps not to go to Florida State. And so far, Florida State has done a tremendous job of keeping their prospects who are in-state committed to them, even after their really bad season at 5-7. and seven. However, they have not done a good job of keeping the out-of-state prospects committed. Obviously, they lost Sam Howell. They lost um, uh, the other cross to Mississippi State, the offensive tackle, Charles Cross. And then Nick Cross, potentially to Penn State, or, or maybe... Uh, to Georgia, I guess we'll have to see. Um, I, I'm not ready to predict at this at this point tonight where he's going to end up, but I, I have to think the confidence in Tallahassee right now is not real high, simply because they did go in home and he did decide to take those two visits still, even after having the in-home visit with the head coach and, and the staff to whom he had committed. So we'll, we'll be watching that this weekend to see if a flip occurs or, or maybe the flip won't happen until National Signer Day or or perhaps, uh, perhaps it doesn't happen at all. But but I can't think that things look real good if Nick Cross is going to take two visits right before signing day. Um, two offensive linemen who visited last weekend: Ira Henry and Kamar Bell. Kamar Bell had spoke about potentially coming back for an unofficial visit, but he had also spoke about playing together with Ira Henry, which is kind of a weird deal as far as guys striking up a, a, a friendship on visits, perhaps during during the Auburn visits. Um, but Ira Henry's from St. Louis, and Kamar Bell's from Colquitt County, Georgia. So certainly not guys who 
who would have known each other geographically, and yet it does look like like Bell is going to, going to join Henry um, on his official visit uh, this weekend to Indiana. Do I think Indiana is a legitimate threat for these two? N- not particularly. I, I personally believe this is more of, of an Auburn-Florida State battle. Florida State did a really good job this weekend uh, with those two. So, hey, FSU took their best shot. We'll see uh, what happens with that. So those are your visitors, both here and elsewhere, uh, for this weekend. Um, now, we did get a listener question here uh, on Andrew Boselli. Andrew Boselli uh, was an FSU player for a while, offensive lineman. Uh, then he ended up basically quitting football uh, during the, uh, the spring conditioning last year. Didn't, didn't want to go through that. Well, it looks like he's back and, and uh, is going to go ahead and, and maybe try to do, do the walk-on program. Uh, has made it. Uh, apparently, through uh, to the finalists of the walk-ons. Um, and so people have asked, uh, hey, do you think he'll come back and play? At this point, I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, do you think he'll actually get playing time? And several of y'all asked, could he be a potential starter? Uh, I I don't think that he's a potential starter. I, I think he's a guy, body type-wise, who really needed every single day in the weight room uh, throughout his career and is not somebody who took advantage of it in his first couple of years on campus. And I highly doubt that he's coming back in, in starter or even really contributor shape. Um, you know, maybe in 2020 he could get some playing time as a backup or something, but I'm, I'm not counting on that. I, 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 I don't, I don't think so. Um, so we also have another listener email here uh, from Keith Cottrell, somebody who Florida State fans will recognize as, uh, as, as having kicked the football quite often. And uh, Keith writes, Bud Negram, I caught the latest podcast. I, I appreciated you being honest and not trying to, to be too much on the kicker kid. Most would try to jump out of their lane despite having no clue what they're doing. And if, if you all recall, I said I don't really know uh, too much about evaluating kickers, so I, I guess we'll just have to see <clears throat> how this kid is. And we read off a bunch of uh, – um, you know, kind of a bunch of qualifications that the kid had and, and some some high high remarks from some of his coaches and uh, also some state records that he had set. But uh, Keith writes, I can look at a kid on about 10 or 15 kicks and 5 to 10 kickoffs and, and tell if he has any hope and can be worked with technique-wise. But the truth is, it's a total crapshoot on whether or not a guy can make the transition to college. Anyone who can tell you this kid is a lock is a liar. Number one, the psychology of only getting one chance to do your job can wreck some dudes. Does a dude believe in his holder, the wind, rain, field condition? Game sequence? They all get us at one point or another. The loss at number two, the loss of the tee is underrated by most. Go to the golf course, tee up the driver and cut it loose, and go to the fairway and hit the driver off the deck. Not remotely close. I was an average kicker compared to Jano and Grammatico when I came in, but I could hit 60 off a two-inch block with ease. Off the turf? 50 to 51 was all I could admit to. How a dude physically and mentally handles the switch to turf can make or break him. So I thought that was really interesting. He continues, If kicking analysis was like quarterback analysis, then Bama wouldn't be in constant need of a reliable kid while the Wake Forest, Northwestern, and Maryland types all have dudes in the league. We are a coin flip across the board. Only Janikowski was a sure thing. And I would insert there that Janikowski was a sure thing as long as he kept it together off the field, by the way. Just saying. Uh... Good luck to the kid we are bringing in. I hope he has an easy time of it. If you hired me as a special teams coach and said, go recruit us a four-year kid, I am hunting kids who play quarterback or free safety too. The three-sport kids, not a soccer player. I want a kid who has had pressure put on him and has dealt with it all before. Better chance he makes the jump. Competitors, 
not floppers. Uh, that is uh, that is what I was and, and why I was able to make it work. Have a good one. So we wrote back and, and, and thank Keith for that. And I think that's that's really good analysis there. You know, there's a lot of different factors to think about, and it is interesting why some of these really elite recruiting schools consistently struggle with kickers. Probably Alabama, uh, you know, being the most um, like the, the the most notable at least as far as schools that screw up. So very interesting stuff there. Uh, probably also need to talk a little bit here about Madison Social. Madison Social is our longest-running sponsor of the show for the, for the Table Restaurant Group. Just just an awesome group group of restaurants to, to go hit up when you're in Tallahassee or even Township uh, down in Lauderdale. They have Madison Social. They have Township. They have Central. Just go to Madso. Enjoy that nice porch. I mean, they got the heaters out, out this week. It's a little bit chilly, but it is nice outside especially after this polar vortex is, is gone. Go enjoy a nice beer. Go get the burger. Excellent salads, too, if you're trying to have a little bit healthier lunch, maybe trying to keep that New Year's resolution. Great partner for us, and uh, and we're looking forward to seeing you all uh, there for the spring game. So the details on that still to come. All right. Uh, so we also need to talk quickly here about Junior Day. Uh, junior Day We've had a couple questions on this. First question, can you explain what happens at a junior day? Sure. I think we did this on a prior episode, but in any case, uh, what happens on a junior day is that prospects come in typically with their families or with their high school coach. Sometimes they come in in, in a big bus load, but, but typically not. These are more more than often, you know, kind of invite-only events. Um, and you said, basically, you're coming in, you're going to meet the head coach, you're going to meet your, your potential future position coach, you're going to say what's up to your area recruiter who probably already stopped by your school at some point this year uh, to say hello to you and uh, and, and probably to invite you. Um, you're going to talk to, to the academic advisors. You're going to talk to probably a dean or a teacher from the potential academic field that you would like to study if, if Florida State has those lined up, which they typically do. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna hear about the history of Florida State. You're, you might tour the campus as, as well and, and go check that out to get a, get a feel for the place. This is really kind of kind of your introduction to the school as a prospect. So definitely something here that that is important to do. Florida State, I believe, will do probably three of these this year if I had to think. Now Wayne asked, why is Florida State having a junior day? on the last possible weekend for 2019 recruits to visit. Is there an advantage in doing this that I don't see? Uh, Wayne, actually, actually there is, and I'm, I'm glad you asked that, because if you're asking the question, we probably have other listeners who are wondering the same thing. The first deal is a lot of these kids want to go to these elite elite camps and, and, and combines and whatnot, like the opening and like the Under Armour All-America game. How do you get there? you got to go to these camps, the Nike camps and the Under Armour camps. Well, it's important to understand when the certain dates are within the state. On Sunday, the Under Armour All-America camp is in Miami. So you're not going to have a whole lot of kids from Miami come up this weekend. But you could get some Central Florida kids this weekend because the next weekend, Under Armour is in Orlando. Then the following two weekends, it's actually the reverse. Nike is in Orlando, and then Nike is in Miami. So... You need to do several of these in order to get the kids on campus that you want. You need to give them, give them several possible dates, including this one, because you're going to have kids who want to go visit Florida or Miami or Alabama or Clemson or, or Georgia or South Carolina or Auburn or whomever. 
And they may have already already locked in some dates on those, just as players have already locked in dates with you. So it's it's not going to take away too much time and attention from from the 2019 prospects that you have on campus. And and I think that's partially why you're only bringing in three uncommitted 2019 players for the 2019 cycle because you are going to have some attention focused on the 2020s, but your primary focus will be on the 2019s. This junior days are, are super casual, right? You're not meeting with the head coach for three hours. You're, you're not you're not getting the hard sell from them, uh, most likely. So, very important there. And now it's time to get to the resolution home loans for state junior day list. That's resolution home loans. It's where I'm getting my home loan. It's where you should get yours. We've already had I think 15 Nolcast listeners get their loans through Resolution Home Loans. I think I'll be number 16, and we have a couple more I know in the works. When you call 844-FSU-LOAN or visit fsuhomeloans.com, you're going to get a great personal experience. You're going to get a great rate. They're going to walk you through the process, whether you're a first-time home buyer or not. It's the customer service. It's the competitive rates. It's the knowledge of the industry. Shannon and Chad, get it done for you. 844-FSU-LOAN or fsuhomeloans.com. Okay, so anyway, I, I do not think that having a junior day is a negative thing here. I, I don't anticipate that Florida State's going to have issue, um, you know, giving enough attention to its prospects. And uh, anyway, um, let's get to some of these prospects. So first, we have quarterback Jeff Sims. Uh, got to speak with Jeff last weekend. I, I really like Jeff Sims a lot. He's a probably legitimate six foot two, maybe taller, like, but legit. Um, can really throw the football, but also a very good runner. If you go watch his film, he's at Sandalwood High in Jacksonville. I think he fits Florida State's system very well. I, I, I was I was pleased when they gave him his offer. I, I think that's a, a smart offer by Florida State, and, and he seems very receptive. He told me he's super excited to get up there and see them, and, uh, and I think Florida State has already made a bit of a good connection there. Uh, if Sims did want to commit this weekend – I think Florida State should take him. Now, I'm not exactly sure where he is on their board as far as the number one. I think that they're still trying to sort that out. As you know, makes sense. It's January. Uh, but I still think that I would probably consider taking him if he wanted in. I think he is is a very, very high-quality prospect. Um, I did talk to him, and he said, look, I, I want to be committed by the end of spring. I know these spots go fast, and, uh, and that's just something that, that I'm, I'm going to have to do. So Florida State knows that he wants to be committed by the end of spring, and I, I think they're going to keep that in mind. Next is uh, is, is Greg Spann. Greg's a guy they offered a while back. He, he's out of the Tampa area. Uh, pretty athletic kid. Can also throw the football around. I, I think I do prefer Sims as a passer uh, personally, but I, I want to see these two guys in person side by side, and maybe I'll get a chance to do that either at the, uh, the Under Armour Orlando camp or, or maybe at the Nike Orlando camp. It'd be nice to be able to see them and compare them, see how they throw the football, see, see their mechanics, kind of just, just see how they grip it. And, and it's always good to, to see guys uh, side by side. Uh, next is a, is one of South Florida's best, Jalen Knighton. Jalen Knighton is a, a running back. Uh, he was committed to Oklahoma for a while, has since decommitted. Now, he did go to Clemson's junior day uh, last weekend. That was their Clemson invite-only elite junior day. And uh, there's some whispers out of there that maybe he gave a silent to Clemson. I know Clemson uh, left the visit feeling extremely good about Knighton. Knighton had told me at the Under Armour event, the Future 50, 
that he was going to come uh, to FSU's junior day when I asked him about junior days that he wanted to hit up. So we will see if he follows through on that or, or if he stays home. Now, be, being a South Florida kid, it would not surprise me if, if he ends up uh, not coming and then maybe trying to get up at a later date, assuming that he doesn't just go ahead and commit uh, to Clemson. But I like I like Knighton a lot. I mean, he's an explosive runner, also catches the football extremely well. I think you could actually put him in the slot if he wanted. So definitely a, a smart offer by Florida State there and, and kind of a no-brainer. I mean, if we're being honest, that, that's that's just one you got to do. Uh, Brian Robinson, Miami Hurricanes commitment, uh, class of 2020, just one of the best receivers in the state. And uh, who did he commit to? Oh, well, it was Ron Dugans. And who is no longer coaching receivers at the U? Well, that is also Ron Dugans. So uh, with Ron now being in Tallahassee, uh, certainly a lot of receivers have said some good things about Florida State in in recent weeks. Mark Britt obviously telling us that he was going to give Florida State a hard look. Um, Brian Robinson electing to come up to the junior day, despite the fact that he's a South Florida guy. So uh, that probably tells me a lot. Now, I don't know if he's going to try to come in early and then get back in time to go to the camp. I, I know that uh, he was at a lot of those camps last year and is you know, one of the better players and probably wants to be able to go play in that All-Star game. So we'll see how long he stays up for. But just that he's making that trip from Palm Beach, this is Greg Dent's teammate, right? Um, you know, just that he's making that trip, I, I think is a good sign. Next is is, is Bryce Gowdy out, out of Deerfield Beach. Bryce Gowdy is a kid who I'm really, he's grown on me, man. This kid, literally, he has grown a bunch. I've been very impressed with, with, with what I've seen out of him uh, at, at the tryouts so far. Big kid. I mean, if Bryce Gowdy keeps growing, he's a receiver right now, but if Bryce keeps growing, he legitimately could end up at like a tight end or even like a linebacker. I mean, he's that big. I, I don't know what he's listed right now on these recruiting sites, but um, yeah, 6'2", 180. I, I bet you he's a legitimate 200 right now. Bryce Gowdy is a big, thick kid and, uh, and, and yet very athletic for his size. Definitely somebody who Florida State is no doubt high on. And we know he's visited before and, and he's been high on FSU. So, I think they would like to get him in. We know they value speed at the receiver position in this this Gulf Coast offense. And and if you want to call it Kendall Browse offense now, I mean, it basically is and kind of always was to some extent. Uh, But they will take a bigger guy at times if he's somebody who can go up and get the football and be tough, kind of what they wish Keith Gavin would do. Uh, But uh, but Bryce Gowdy is definitely a guy to watch here. And who knows? Maybe they come away with a commitment if they decide they like him enough. Uh, Marcus Clark is a guy out of Winter Garden, I think it was. I, I spoke with him at the uh, the 2020 All-Star Game, uh, the Florida Legends game there, which was in Tampa, like, uh, I think it was probably like a week before Christmas. Because I remember, I remember my wife saying, wait, you're going where? And I was like, I'm driving up to Tampa to watch underclassmen play an All-Star game. So anyway, he caught a pretty long touchdown pass in that game and had a couple other nice catches and I think he had a kickoff return or a punt return, but a nice guy who I didn't know about before that game. So that, that trip for me certainly paid off, and, and he's a guy who makes a lot of moves. I, I would identify him as a slot and, and somebody that I'm interested in, in learning more about because I, I really didn't know a whole lot about him, and yet he's been a pretty productive uh, receiver there out of the Orlando area. Uh, next is Jamarcus Johnson. Uh, I was one of the first guys to know about Jamarcus because his coach is a listener 
of the podcast. Uh, shout out, Brian. And uh, since then, Florida State has offered Clemson, Georgia, pretty much everybody. He's a huge receiver or safety, or if he keeps growing tight end or linebacker, um, like legitimate 6'4 or you know, 6'3 and a half type kid, over 200 pounds, uh, really special athlete, plays quarterback, plays receiver, plays DB. Another guy, he's from um, uh, Berrien High School up there, which is in South Georgia. Next is Jonathan Odom, a tight end at Jesuit. He announced on Twitter that, he, that he'd been offered by Florida State and was really excited to get up there. Florida State uh, did not take a, take a true tight end in this class. They, they, they took uh, Maurice Goolsby, who's kind of a, a hybrid guy and, and not a player that I'm super high on, uh, to be honest. But um, Jonathan Odom is a, a pretty good athlete for his size, definitely a tough kid and, and somebody who I'm, I'm interested in seeing more in person uh, this cycle. Next, we have Evan Webster. Evan Webster is a kid who also announced that, that he'd be going on Twitter. I've never actually met Evan in person, I don't think, unless I'm, you know, you meet some of these, some of these kids at these camps and you shake their hands. But I, I, I don't think I've ever met him in person. But good-looking prospect. I went and pulled up his huddle. Uh, I think he's a, a guy who's definitely going to uh, – probably going to blow up a good bit, I, I would say. He doesn't have a whole lot of big offers right now. Florida State was one of the first big offers. That counts for something to a lot of these kids, so it's definitely good to see Florida State making some good offers if you're a Noel fan out there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, because you, you do want to see them getting on guys and identifying them uh, early on. But Evan Webster out of Hardy County, which uh, if you've ever uh, just tried to cut through the middle of the state and, and, and avoid taking 75, kind of up in the middle there, you will pass through Hardy County. I think on the right, that's like where they have the Hungry Howie's like yellow building. Um drive-through looking thing. Anyway, Hardy County is not real big, but uh, but Evan Webster is real big, and so he'll be up for a visit. Uh, Zane Herring had told me that he was going to be at Junior Day, but he did come last weekend for a visit, so we'll see if he actually makes it. Of course, his teammate, his 2019 teammate, Travis Jay, is due in for an official visit, but Zane Herring is a big-time offensive lineman who at this point I would project to Florida State, and that would be a hell of a get for him or, or for Florida State. He's an interesting kid because you look at him, and it—he's it, got—he's not a bad body kid, but he's not like super sculpted. You know, this is exactly what you want your offensive tackles to look like. But he's still growing. He's still maturing. I think he's still, you know, leaning out in some ways. He definitely has a lot of room to get bigger. And yet, I've seen him in person now a couple times, and I've been very impressed every time. He—he he has excellent body control for his size, and, and really knows how to get in front of people. So. Uh, that's a, a positive sign for Florida State if he comes back two weekends in a row. And who knows? Maybe he could pop. Uh, Keyshawn Green, the linebacker. Obviously, Keyshawn is uh, one of, if not the best, linebackers in the state. He's related to Nigel Bradham. Also goes to the same high school that Nigel Bradham did, Wakulla, uh, down there. I mean, look, Keyshawn Green's a stud. He was probably the best defensive player on the field uh, at, at that 2020 game caused a fumble, uh, made a bunch of tackles. So good to see him there. Uh, Jayon McCluster, I think that's how we say it. Jayon, Jayon. trying to remember. I met so many different kids that day. Uh, but anyway, he, he's a uh, he's a top linebacker out of Largo. Definitely a guy who, who I know Coach Woody uh, has had some contact with. And, um, you know, Florida State's coaches have been trying to contact these guys a lot, make sure they come. 
Bryce Gowdy actually told me that, that Dave Kelly, the receivers coach or former receivers coach, not really sure what he's going to coach now or if he'll be off the field, but uh, he told me that uh, that uh, DK had had offered him, or excuse me, invited him to come up to the camp or the uh, the junior day rather uh, three times. So really, really shows you he's a priority target there. Definitely somebody who want, he wanted to make sure was coming. Um, a cluster we, we we think is somebody the Florida State likes a whole lot, and uh, as you know, they definitely need linebackers. And then finally, uh, Demory Tate, big time, big time defensive back athlete out of Central Florida. Odell Higgins has done a nice job on him. And uh, Sorry, I just need to answer this real quick. Anyway, Florida State got on him very early. Um, he, he committed over the summer. He's been committed now for like six months. Auburn's offered, Tennessee's offered. Just a, a, a he's a freak of an athlete. And an elite level, elite level track guy as well as, as far as the jumping events. So uh, wants to be an Olympian. So pretty cool. And uh, that is your list of 2020s. Pretty good list. Certainly, if that's all of the guys that get up here for this spring, that would not be good. But it's a nice start. Uh, also, 2021, the DB uh, Amari Harvey, local prospect out of Tallahassee, Florida. Somebody I know Florida State likes and that has shown uh, shown a lot of interest in of late and uh hey might also have willie taggart jr there we, we don't know we'll have to see maybe he'll come to a future one and we'll see uh, what florida state's interest level is in recruiting the head coach's son uh, certainly a good player not quite sure if he's an fsu level guy just yet we're gonna have to see how he, how he develops certainly has a lot of room on his frame to uh, to add good weight so uh with that we are almost exactly at 30 minutes, which is about what I wanted this thing to be. Uh, appreciate you all listening to the show tonight and uh, or this morning. I will get back with you with an episode most likely either Monday or perhaps on Tuesday to preview uh, the more traditional National Signing Day. If you enjoyed the show, uh, please give me five stars on iTunes, and we're going to have some more cool ways you can support the show uh, coming to you soon. Thanks, y'all.